welcome, welcome to the uh, uh, no Christmas zone. <laughs> <laughs> welcome to the. Uh, I could have made it like slightly political, but that's not good. The no Christmas zone is perfectly fine. I just liked the the like what is like the mountain throat singing yeah. that happened beforehand. So you remember nights? Yeah. <laughs> Kinda, yeah. What the... if they just made it Christmas? Okay. Then it was two levels. Well, one level, but kinda two levels. Th- this is this is just the OVA for the season one nights into dreams. It's really interesting to me because like Clearly, a lot of effort was put into reskinning two levels. <laughs> yeah, but like, no effort. Like it, it. Like I was. I was like, at this point, the amount of effort you're putting in, you should just make new levels. Like it would be roughly the same amount of effort at that point. To clarify, Elliot's level is kind of new. Okay, it's a different path through that level. Okay, I vibe with that. Yeah. So. Kind of different, and I, I really. think that's neat. It would be nice if that was true for both of them. Yeah. So, so Christmas Nights is the one where, first of all, what's the circumstances in which people could play Christmas Nights when it came out? It is a demo disc that was made available on or near Christmas. It was like mailed to subscribers of like a few gaming magazines. Okay, so it was like harder to play than the original game. Well, I mean, it was freer to play than the original game. Okay. But you needed to subscribe to a a magazine, did you say? Yeah. At least in the U.S. There there was like a slightly weirder stipulation for U.K. and some power region countries. I think it's really interesting that they would make a demo disc for Knights that had different content than Knights, uh, at least cosmetically. Uh, but then also, like, it was made after Nights came out, and then also it was free, and it had its own story that clearly took place after the original game, despite being a promo for the original game. No one said that any decision Sega has ever made made any sense. I mean, I think it's a little bit cool, to be honest. I don't know if cool is the word I would use, but interesting, certainly. Interesting... In an almost positive way. <laughs> I mean, interesting is usually somewhat positive. It means it's, like, engaging information-wise. I felt engaged information-wise, for sure. But, like, I don't think that I, you know, it would have just been cooler if there was another Nights game, I think. <laughs> so, so Christmas Nights has a story, and it's the first time in Nights where the cutscenes has... Uh, like voice acting, as in like somebody is speaking, and like very clear logic. It's yeah. just a narrator, though. But and it's a narrator, and I feel like I'm not mad about it because that's just every Christmas story. Is like we're gonna have a narrator describe like the exact the Christmas situation feeling as yeah, the Christmas like, feeling of like we should be happy together, and people are like I gotta go shopping. Yeah. <laughs> it it was a very generic Christmas story of like. The children wondered why everyone was bustling about with their purchasing things. That's not the true <laughs> meaning of Christmas. I'm going to go to bed. Oh, no. The tree has no star. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I forgot that was like the 
the big conflict. They were like, and then the, you... giant, the giant building almost looks like a Christmas tree, but it's missing a giant star despite being, despite the fact that it's just a building. <laughs> well, what gets me is like you beat the, you play the two levels and like, and then it gets an end, you get an ending cutscene and like the children and knights found a star. I'm like, wait, what? Oh, okay. Yeah, like, but, when like, did we find that star? As abruptly as it's like brought up, <laughs> the narrator says, it was all a dream. And I'm just like, whoa. <laughs> Usually I like to wait a little longer before I'm given the, the dream plot twist. Yeah, you're like M. Night Shyamalan's back to, to like, be fair, you don't actually own Night's world. To be fair, I don't think it was all a dream is really a plot twist in Night's. You're right, but like, just, it, it just, it happens so suddenly. So here's, here's the bit about like, Night's plot is that like, it seems to me like the only kind of plot that happens in Night's and Christmas Night's is one of like character development. There's like an emotional arc that the children go through. Yeah. Uh, so like. Yeah, but not like a and, plot and, arc. Yeah, and, like they don't and, they don't go on an adventure and accomplish things. They just like become more like emotionally mature. Yeah, and just like uh, Sakura from Naruto, Claris cuts her hair. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, also the children oh are wearing God. like Santa Claus outfits, and I actually think that's extremely delightful. I, like I said in uh, in the pre-show that you probably didn't hear. <laughs> now that I think about it, anyway, um, I love Christmas hats. And as another fun fact for this episode of the podcast, Christmas is my favorite holiday and also my birthday. So it's actually kind of weird that I don't like this game very much. <laughs> Still, I think like. So, the plot the plot of Christmas Nights is they got the star, but actually it was a dream. But like, despite that, they're they're no longer experiencing uh, seasonal depression. Also, they're probably a thing. Yeah, like they're definitely dating, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, actually. And like, there's this one part where like Elliot slips, and like. In my head, I'm like, please do not do that. Oh do my that god, anime yeah. Trope. No, I and they did the it. Exact same. I thing. was happy. Elliot didn't fall on Claris's. You know what? Anything. N none of him touched her. It right. was good. Yeah. <laughs> it was very positive. It was a happy moment. All the <laughs> people were like, "Are you guys okay?" And everyone's okay, and everyone's happy. I like that in the original game, they don't ever meet until the end of the game like they meet like in the dream world and then in real life at the end of the game well and in the dream world they don't ever know that it's them they think that it's just another knights uh the the only actually so there's a cutscene where they do actually interact as each other but that's at the very very end yeah that's not like they don't meet each other until the last second of the game well so okay so in in the dream world they meet as each other after meeting as knights and then after yeah. that they meet in real life. Well no, I don't I thought that they met they saw each other in real life and then like the world melted away and they were in the dream world. That might I don't, be I don't think they meet each other in the dream first. I think they meet each other in real life and then they like are in the dream world sort of because it's like really nebulous at the end of there. Knights canon is very nebulous. But, like, the the bit in the dream world is that they only ever see each other as knights. Because when they beat Wise Man, I still think they're floating around as knights, right? Uh, I think immediately after beating Wise Man, 
uh, they become themselves again. But I don't remember exactly. Well, no. That before, could... Right after you beat the last stage, before you fight Wise Man, they're both at the gazebo, or the, the Dream Palace, rather. As, <laughs> the like, gazebo. themselves? As, as, as themselves as children. Yeah. Because I thought that it was, like, the kid that you were gets to the gazebo, and then a knight appears behind you, and it's just implied to be the other kid. And then, like, I, and I could be totally wrong because I only well, saw this no, once. I think they're, the other one is just shows up, and then you merge with knights, and you go up, and I think the other character stays. Okay, because either way, it's, like, really weird, but... I like, could be wrong, they don't... but that's how I remember it. <laughs> no matter how it went, their relationship was, like, A, nonspecific, and B, not, like, emphasized very much. I think it would be but, a very like, interesting romance story about people who uh, only met in their dreams. I mean, I think there's, like, room for that narratively. For sure, But yeah. I think that that would be better explored in, like, a visual novel than... I, I definitely don't think Knights of the Video Game is the right place to explore that specific story. No. Just because Knights is doing too many other things right now. Yeah, it's like a pseudo-platformer racing game flight simulator? <laughs> That's that's also like a, a deep dive into the subconscious. Yeah, it's a lot, and one of those <laughs> things is not a compelling romance story. <laughs> but I, I thought it was so strange that at the end they were like, so despite the fact that it was all a dream, they were feeling jolly again. For no real reason. They just are no longer... They're just no longer sad. They're fine now. <laughs> Sometimes you wake up from a good dream and you're just like smiling, you know? I guess so. Like, it's not, you know, they put the star on top, and then, like, all of their anxiety in the dream world went away, and then they woke up, and their regular anxiety was gone, too, for at least a little bit. Yeah. Uh, just long enough for one of them to fall down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get wrecked, Elliot. Uh, but yeah, so the the game, the Christmas Nights game, is like a really well-made uh, reskin of the first level. Like, it's, it's very pretty, very pleasant. Uh, yeah, like, a few key assets are completely changed around. Yeah. So, for example, the idea capture is now just, like, an evergreen Christmas tree. And then, like, the ball thing is still underneath it. But the, like, idea orbs or the, col or the color chips, is that what they were called before? Yeah. Okay, so the color chips are now, like, these multicolored, like, glowing spheres. And when you collect them and put them in the idea capture... They, like, arrange themselves as ornaments on the Christmas tree, and it looks super cool and, yeah. and like, fun. It's very mm -hmm. nice. And then I believe the star chips, like, the ones that were just for points, are now bells. Yeah. Which is just, and, it's just pleasant. Yeah. And, like, Clarice and Elliot both have, like, Christmas outfits on. They've got, like, fun Santa hats and, like, the winter coat. And then Knights themselves is, like, they have a new red and white palette. And I think they might have, like... Slightly different clothing? Let I, me take a look. I don't remember exactly. Uh, yeah, so they've got, like, a poofier neck frill thing. And then they have puffballs on the end of their, like, their, uh, jester, like, points. I don't know how better to put them. But, like, <laughs> they, they get, like, they basically have a double Santa hat thing going on. Yeah. It's really good. So, I will complain about something in this game. Uh oh. Uh, which is the stage <laughs> music is just Christmas music. 
I'm sorry well, you hate the, the hits. Doesn't it doesn't it still have the knife motif somewhere? Yeah. Uh I I don't think so in the, the stage music. But I I don't remember exactly. I should also correct myself. It appears the kids do not wear Christmas hats. Uh, but the Nightpians, the Nightopians, the the Mepians, whatever they are, they uh, do have Christmas hats, and it covers their disgusting cone heads. So I'm all for that. <laughs> yeah, I I support that as well. I'm looking at the Knight's Christmas soundtrack, and it appears to have Doctor Robotnik's theme somewhere in there. Oh, so that's another fun little bit about this. Like when you fight the boss of like the level, it's um like it's just Puffy. But Puffy is reskinned as Bowser wearing like a Christmas outfit. No. <laughs> what? Wait, no, isn't it? It's just the uh, it's Gilwing and he's kinda got a more Christmassy colors. Oh okay. So the okay, so here's the thing. In the original version when you could do Sonic into Dreams, that's the boss that you fought. Okay. Well yeah, you fight Puffy, but he's Eggman, like an Eggman boy. Yes. Yeah. Um sorry, I didn't actually get to the end of this game, I just Play the, like, one right. Level. I mean, it's he's not so, the Sonic content isn't in this version. It's only in the yes. Saturn version. But that is like so. That's why Doctor Robotics theme is in there because that's what Isaiah was asking about. That that makes a lot of sense. Um. um yeah. Oh, sorry. Gilwing's Christmas theme is really good, and I'm mad about it. And I think <laughs> I think the bit is that it's just Gilwing's theme, but with some bells in there instead it's, of some I think other it's a instruments. Combination of that and Silent Night. I think Silent right night. Silent night. <laughs> oh, by the way, this whole day, the three of us have just been doing bits with the night motif. Because <laughs> it's really infectious and we can't stop. It's a really good little thing. Like, they should put it in more games. Maybe, maybe it's there and I just didn't know, but like... We're going to be on the lookout, I guess. They should do it like they do Totaka's song and like just sneak it in places. Yeah, I just I was listening to Gilwing's Christmas theme and it was like uh there's like a like a trap beat playing and then you just hear with Christmas bells the night motif and I'm so mad. <laughs> I'm going to look that up. Gilwing's Christmas theme. I can I can link you. Oh, go for it. I've got I've got the whole Christmas Nights soundtrack <laughs> bopping. Bopping. Well, I'm not really bopping. Going hard. Uh, I really like the original game soundtrack, but I was very, very upset uh, when I booted up Christmas Nights and it was Christmas music. And that's a personal I mean, thing. I'll be the first to admit. Silent. Okay, so it's yeah, it's it's a little trappy, but like it's it's a little more trancey almost, in my opinion. Trance is probably a better word. Which um, is interesting because. I'm not. I'm not that Sorry. knowledgeable on uh, music genre names, which is a little no, you're embarrassing as somebody who writes music. There's like a fast-paced snare, which is what you're looking for in trap. But yeah. like the back, the background stuff is like very trancey. It's, it's like I the, wavy. Honestly, genuinely, the terminology I use to describe it is Sonic the Hedgehog drums. Uh, I don't even know, like. Does Sonic have like a lot of fast-paced snares? Uh, I guess. Yeah, it does. Uh, like around like 2006 onward, like Sonic Rush onward. Yeah. Well, I mean, even Sonic Rush doesn't do like a ton of like. I don't know. Anyway, like <laughs> the the fast-paced snare is a very trap thing, but yeah. there are other things around like that have to be around it. Did we? 
did we just talk about Christmas nights completely? Mm, Pretty well, much. Well, y- yeah. Because because <laughs> the boss is the same for each of the two characters, which was a yeah. little disappointing for me. It's, it's a yeah, disappointing. that's. I think that's probably because they had to remove the Sonic the Hedgehog content. Maybe. Well, uh, it's not that. So even in the original game, they still would have had the same boss. It's just if you did the Sonic mode, then oh, you would have okay. fought the Sonic boss instead. Because it was like a whole separate mode. God. Where you could play as like Sonic in a 3D environment, and he played more like the kids than he did any like Sonic game okay. that would come after this. But like, ultimately, this is a demo, more or less. Like, there is a fun story at the beginning and the end, but like, this is a teaser for what you could do with like the Full Nights game. It's and it's so fo- weird though to seasonally theme a demo. Not yeah, in a bad I mean, way, but in a very <laughs> strange way. Like, the coolest bit of this, for sure, is that when you collect the color chips, they, like, form, um, what are they called? Ornaments, Ornaments on the tree. Yeah. Yeah. But another thing that we wanted to do for this episode to, uh, I'll be straight up, we're gonna pat it out, but, like, we, <laughs> I wanted to talk about some of the, like, fun Easter eggs that you can do with Knights, because it's got a bunch of these weird little things that if you play it on certain dates, like, tiny aspects of the game change. Yeah. So, I think, like, the best place to start is, since we're recording this on October, if you play the game during October, and you go to, is it Mystic Forest, I think? Yeah. Yeah, if you go to Mystic Forest as Claris, or Clar is it Claris or Clarice? I pronounce it Claris, but... Is Clarice I-C-E, specifically? Uh, I think I so, think or I-S-E. I think so, yeah. Clarice. Cl- Claire Ice. <laughs> uh, I'll just keep saying both of them at different points, and we'll <laughs> handle it that way. So, at, no matter what, I was right sometimes. So, Clarice, if you play as her during October, then she will be wearing, like... Isn't it a witch outfit? Yeah. Yeah, she'll be wearing a witch outfit, and knights will be kind of, like, ghost-themed. Yeah, like, gray. And yeah, he'll, and, like, face. a little... Isn't he also, like, semi Sorry, aren't they also semi-transparent? Or am I, I crazy? I think so. There's kind of a glow to them, I think. Okay, I'll look I'll look it up and send Isaiah a link, because I, I doubt that you, like, saw this. <laughs> well, I, I guess... Did you see this, Isaiah? I did not see this. Okay. You might be able to do it right now if you boot up the game and go to <laughs> Mystic Forest. Um, but I was not able to, actually. Like, I played my game, um, and... Oh! There's a you... link to some of the Easter egg stuff if you want to look at that. Oh, that's very useful. Oh, does that have pictures? Yeah, it has pictures. Okay, happy sweet, yeah. New Year. Should we, like, announce the thing we're looking at right now? <laughs> <laughs> Hidden character... Oh, yeah, so, so Okay. Wow, there's so much, like, calendar content. Yeah, there's a lot. We were, like, we just started with the Halloween stuff. Oh, I guess, um, Boy also has a Dracula costume. Yeah, but that only happens, like, on Halloween Day. Yeah, because that's when it switches to you playing as Boy in in her level. Oh, (laughs) I should explain. So, whenever I can't remember Elliot or Clarice's name, (laughs) I call them Boy and Girl. (laughs) Boy. Uh... So I just forgot Elliot's name right there, but I realized that I don't think we ever actually explained that bit to the audience. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, when you're playing when you're playing 
like Mystic Forest on Halloween day, you actually play as Elliot and he looks like Dracula. But Knights is always like in their ghost mode uh, when you're playing in October. I like... So Isaiah, are you, are you seeing the ghost? Uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a fan overall. Well, I know how you feel about ghosts. I I do like ghosts. They're my they're my favorite uh... ghosts. <laughs> they're my favorite ghosts. No, they're my favorite like Halloween creature, I guess. Of like the cereals, like <laughs> like Count Chocolate, Blueberry, and <laughs> Frankenberry. You're a ghosts boy. That's the one. <laughs> There's not like a zombie berry. I guess vampires are zombies, kind of. So, uh, apparently on April 1st, uh, you can just play as Riala. Yeah. Yeah, and if you do the the Riala boss fight, I think it's Elliot's third level, you fight knights instead. I'm a huge fan of that. I love it. Oh, okay. I, so, I think this is the spot where... So, for the April Fool's one, you have to play on a specific level, right? Is that what it says? Mm-hmm. It says... Um, the only change will be Claris is Spring Valley level switching to Knights into Riala. Uh, okay, but so, you can activate. Well, hold it. I, uh, God, I was gonna talk about this. I'm so no. Uh, you go ahead. <laughs> well, I just I wanted to put more pomp and circumstance around it. So if you beat the game, you like if you beat every single level, and then you beat the two final levels for each character in the options menu, you unlock the ability to switch on and off random boss mode. And it just makes it so that at the end of each level, instead of going to that level-specific boss, you go to one of the six available bosses throughout the entire game. And I think that this, like, makes it kind of neat that the boss levels, design-wise, are, like, completely divorced from their, like, previous level's mechanics. Yeah. Or not mechanics, but, like, visual design. Right. Because now it just makes it, like, feel like it kind of just fits in general, because you're going from, like, dream to dream, basically. Yeah. And I also feel like it's a really, like, interesting idea because they planned on you playing this game just a lot. So to have randomized boss mode so that when you get to the end of a level, you're not just doing the same thing over and over again. It's, like, kind of a neat idea. It doesn't make me feel weird, though, because it kind of sounds like you would just use this to, like, randomly get the good boss and have a better score for each level. Yeah. Like, I would assume... Like, Jackass is probably the one that you want to fight, because he seems like you could beat him the fastest. <laughs> I forgot that's what we called him. Well, I mean, that's what I call him. That's what it's we guy that call throws him, cards. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you can, play as, uh, you can play as Riala, and then, like, if you play during, like, the summer, I think, yeah, it's specifically July 20th, you get, like, a swimsuit costume for the characters. Yeah. Or, oh, it's actually different. It's different dates. Yeah. It? it is different dates, yeah. It's July 1st and August 31st. Yeah. They have, like, swimsuit outfits. And then... I think there's only one more. I think um, it might just be the... It's, the title uh, screen thing? The, um, the, the warm clothes stuff. Oh, yeah. Game. The kids have alternate outfits. Yeah, okay. That's there's a Happy New Year Nights. On January 1st. Well, the title screen changes depending on, like, when you're playing the game. Yeah. But I think that only matters for the PS2 version? Or does this happen in the Steam version, too? 
I mean, uh, the, the link I gave shows everything that's available in the Steam version. And yeah. And it also had the missing stuff at the bottom. Yeah. I, I don't know. It just... I don't even remember, like, the title screen looking like that. I guess it does, though. Yeah, it does look like that. I mean, I don't... I never got any of the, like, unique title screens, but I just forgot mm. the game had a title screen, I guess. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, that's like all of the extra little content that we didn't get a chance to see because we weren't like messing with our computer's dates and we obviously haven't been playing this game for the entire year. It's really <laughs> interesting to me because like the game was clearly designed to be played for a very long time. Yeah. Or, or the game was clearly intended to be played for a very long time, but the amount of content and the way the systems are designed, you can beat this game in four hours. Like... Yeah. The game's not like it, the game is hard to lose. It might not necessarily be easy to to do extremely well, but like the way to get a game over is to run out of time and then once you've done that, just kind of stand there and let the clock take you. So it's like pretty hard to get an actual game over. Yeah, and like getting a C is not the simplest process, but like if you take a couple of whacks at it, you'll probably get it. So like you can be done playing this game in one day, despite the fact that there's like content that suggests they wanted you playing the game like for a year. Yeah, and like I always feel bothered by games that do stuff like this where you get like unique costumes, but you can't just select them. Yeah. Like, I feel really encouraged by things that are just, like, simple cosmetic content and stuff like that. Because it feels like it... I don't know, like, it changes your experience in, like, a meaningful but simple way. And I like that a lot. I think... I think these costumes sort of go with the theme Knights has of encouraging exploration. Despite its systems not necessarily encouraging exploration. Uh... Right, which is another part of the theme, because every other system doesn't... <laughs> like, it's... It's weird how well it coincides with the rest of the game. Yeah, like, like you are supposed to stumble upon these alternate costumes the way you've stumbled upon everything in this game. And yeah. you're not supposed to necessarily understand why this costume is the way it is. Because it's not just a specific date, but it's also a specific stage in that on that date. Yeah, like, it's very narrow, the odds that you'll actually find these things. Yeah. So you're just like, oh, well, why does Claris look like this? And then you play the game again tomorrow, and, it, and it's gone. It's gone. <laughs> you're like, well, fine. Like, everything in the game is, like, weirdly esoteric, and I, it's <laughs> it's kind of neat. Like, it's fun to just, like, read about this, I guess. It It's very frustrating for me to read it. Because it, well, cause it's like, look at all this, like... It's like content. There's so much thought that went into it that I just will not get to see myself. Yeah, and like that content only matters if like you played this game in a specific week. It's really infuriating when games make content <laughs> that you only get when you play it in a specific week. I'm angry about Overwatch. <laughs> Fun fact. <laughs> I mean, I think like I think there could be some sort of like uh, like bridge between these things where this this content is only accessible on this specific day in this specific stage. Uh, but once you play the stage on that specific day, you unlock that costume to play whenever you like. Yeah, like, it would be really cool to be able to play as Ghost Knights. That would be yeah, super neat. absolutely. And, like, maybe you have to get, like, an A on that level, you know? Mm -hmm. And, like, that would be really encouraging, because, like, you've got one day, and, like, you, you just gotta, like, gun it. <laughs> yeah. 
And, like, I don't know, maybe the, it would be cool if the game had, like, a calendar feature that, like, had, like, question marks on special days that you're supposed to play. Yeah. Something, and I, I guess something that, that would like, feel like kind of... Hint at how much exploration there is without telling you what lies beyond that door. Yeah, like kind of like Animal Crossing or something. Yeah. Like, Animal Crossing has these same events, but they feel more, like, built into the game because the game has, like, a day-night cycle and everything. Yeah. It's, I don't know. I, I feel like there's another way they could have implemented this, much like with most things in the game. Like, they could have, they had, like, a great idea, but it's, like, wasn't 100% built into the game they already had. Mm-hmm. And I, I kind of wish that there were also, like, I don't know. I wish there was, like, something for, like, most days that you played the game on to, like, make it feel like an event when you played Nights today, you know? Yeah. If they are going to make it like this. Like, make it so that when you play on a different day, you get a different thing. Mm-hmm. Well, some I'm, of the I'm... dates seem kind of random, too. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. They're, like, super random. It's and like... it's only, like, what, six days out of the year that actually matter? Yeah, it's January 1st, February 14th, uh, April 1st, July 20th, August 31st, and then October. No, Halloween Day specifically. Okay, it just was vague. Uh, and then December 25th. So most of these are holidays. Yeah, well, so the October thing is during October... When you play Mystic Forest, Clarice looks like a witch and Knights looks like a ghost. And during Halloween Day, specifically, okay. instead of being Clarice, you, like, Elliot replaces her and you look like Dracula and Knights is a ghost. Yeah. Okay. But so, yeah, I just, I don't know. I, I feel like there was a neat idea here and it could have been expanded upon slightly. And that's, like, most of what Knights is, really, is just, like, a bunch of neat ideas that if, like, they were given a little bit more focus and, like, a little bit more time in the oven, maybe, they would have yeah. come out, like, much more compelling. But I feel like a lot of the stuff in this game comes from developers just kind of experimenting and, like, seeing what happens. Like, yeah. uh, Soft Museum, its whole, like, uh, polygon, like, movement thing when you get close. Uh, yeah, the morphing. Yeah, uh, and and knights also morphing when you touch certain objects and stuff like that. I feel like was them like experimenting with what they can do programmatically with graphics. The same thing yeah. with the nightopians becoming uh, uh, abominations Nepians against or whatever. God, I think is the official. Oh, term. yeah. <laughs> um, like that was like, can we like can we accomplish this? Let's let's see, and like let's. Let's develop this really intricate, complicated system that doesn't have anything to do with the rest of the game and doesn't do anything for the rest of the game. It really feels to me like it was their first game in some ways. It's like, so interesting because so much of this game feels like, yeah, no, this feeds into this system and encourages this behavior, which really like makes sense and like feels thematically like appropriate and cohesive and then the yeah. other half of the game is the exact opposite well and it's that's their it's, first 3d game yes yeah but like it, i don't know even even so like like mario 64 is that dev group's first 3d game right yeah but a lot of the ideas from the previous marios are present there mm -hmm. it's just they're like they're muddled around with like these new 3d ideas but like 
Knights is like nothing ever before and kind of after it. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, it's it's so impressive to me that they were able to like take all of these ideas and make anything out of them. You know, it, it, like, it's not surprising to me that this game doesn't feel cohesive. Yeah. Because it's like, it's like a list of like three things that are made into like the primary gameplay. And then like four other different things that are like the underlying like secret subconscious gameplay. Yeah. It's it's really cool. Sometimes this game really impresses me and sometimes it really frustrates me. Uh, I think what I'm most impressed by is the way this game cuz I think like to a certain extent this game is a, is is a 2D game in terms of the way you can move like in two dimensions but then that entire like that entire thing is wrapped in a 3D environment and it makes full use of that 3D environment as well. Yeah, and, like, and that's why it's very helpful that like you fly in this game. Yeah. Because in a platformer, like a proper platformer, I, I think that like in some capacities this game is kind of a platformer. Yeah. But like in a in a normal platformer, you like run and you jump, so you rarely deal with the like Y axis in a super active way. Yeah. I don't know if that like sounds right. But no, in I, this game... I understand what oh, you yeah. mean. Like, it feels like the vertical component of most 3D platformers is, like, more of an obstacle than an actual thing to interact with. Yeah. It's it's very different than in a top-down game, for sure. And in this game, you feel, like, very, very able to deal with the Y-axis in such a capacity that, like, Y and X-axis, they don't feel that different. Yeah. Because your movement is so free, because you're just flying. So it's really interesting that they do that and then they incorporate the 3D because you feel so free in the 2D space that I guess it doesn't feel as weird that the 3D space is also happening when, like, you start to wrap around a tree. Yeah. Like, I was kind of surprised with how... The, the game is disorienting. Make no mistake. <laughs> yes. But the least disorienting part was when I just sort of started going around a tree in a circle. Mm -hmm. Because I have so much control otherwise that, like, it was very clear... That I wasn't controlling that part. I, I don't know if that makes sense, really. It's 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 very wild to me how this is like the first 3D game they've made, and they just kind of understand how 3D works. Yeah, they like swung for the fences hard. And then also, they they just do so much other stuff that I don't that I will never understand. <laughs> like. <laughs> And I don't feel like that's like, oh, they're just inexperienced at making this kind of game. It's like, no, I think they were really just like throwing shit at the wall and seeing what stuck. But then all the stuff that didn't, they kept in anyway. <laughs> yeah, there's there's like nothing on the cutting room floor of this game. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to talk about the Nightopian Collection. Uh, yeah. So this is this is a, a a thing you unlock after beating Christmas Nights, uh, which is essentially like um, a, a gallery that you can view uh, where you see all the Nightopians that you have like collected question mark and maintained. Uh, they're they're the Nightopians and the Nepians and Nepians that are on your stage is like what what I realized that I didn't understand when we did the last episode is that the Nitopians you see they're always there whenever you revisit those levels. Yes. 
yeah, they're persistent. Uh, and apparently, they have... So, on the Nitopian collection, and th this is the thing that's wildest to me, because I looked up, like, how it works, and it was it was actually, like, it, it was like an academic paper trying to figure out how it works. Uh, <laughs> so I did not finish reading it. But the, the information on that academic paper does not mirror the information you presented with here. Because you have, like... Uh, on, on Spring Valley, right now, I have 24 Nitopians and 2 Mepians, right? Uh, yeah. And you can sort of scroll through all of them, and they're all doing their own little animations. Uh, and each one has their own, like, image-depicting happiness from, like, upset to neutral to happy. And then yeah. next to that image is, like, a like, slider scale that I assume shows the overall amount of happiness across all of them, right? Well, yeah, because that's what dictates the music. But also, I, I, how do you increase their happiness? So, the only thing I can think of is throwing animals at them and, like, doing tricks in front of them, maybe. Because <laughs> they're, like, I don't know how many, like, I don't think they get happier if you play well. Yeah. Because my, my music never changed, and I played several of these levels, and I got, like, A's and stuff sometimes, so... I don't know. So if maybe you have to like play well repeatedly, but I'm I'm listening to the night soundtrack not presently, but I have been uh, because it's very good. Uh, and Spring Valley, which is a place where I'm like over halfway on the happiness slider, I have never gotten past the first section of, of the song. Like I, the music has never changed for me. Well, the music doesn't change at a certain point. The music like it's kind of a different song no i when you're i understand i've only ever heard the default version oh. of the song when you said first part i got confused because it sounded like you expected it to change part way through but like because you weren't ever there long enough it didn't change no i i apologize because like confusion. that also like if the music is supposed to change mid-level yeah there's no way you're gonna notice it because yeah. you're in those levels for like i don't know like i guess I'm, maybe it's like six or seven minutes tops but so the other thing is According to the to the guide that I only barely understood, uh, it actually <laughs> takes several playthroughs of that stage for some of the changes in the Nitopians and Mepians to occur. Yeah, uh, and that's that's it's taking several nights of like quote unquote real time uh, slash uh, playing through the stage multiple times for those for those changes to take effect as they are like growing and all of that. Uh, and so that means that actually tracking your progress is next to impossible. Because I have yeah. one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight Nitopian eggs and one what appears to be a Mepian egg. Uh, and if I hatch all of those eggs, then I'll go into this screen and I will still have those eggs on this screen until I beat the stage a couple more times and then they'll hatch on this screen. Really? I didn't yeah, notice that. that. That is wild. Yeah. Uh, and and in the meantime, I can do, like, other things with the other, like, Nitopians to, to progress their own tracks and all of that. But, like, it literally takes time in order for those changes to be reflected on this. Because yeah. this is not a one-to-one -one reflection of the state of the game itself. The, the eggs in this screen just represent... Nitopians in their early stages not necessarily actually being in an egg state. 
Yeah, so it's like the egg level, and you transcend that level once you reach adulthood, not once you hatch. Yeah. That's uh, really weird. It's very, very confusing, because there's basically... And I, I think this is the, the biggest problem I have with this system, is that there is genuinely no feedback that you're doing anything at any point. <laughs> well, yeah, because you don't even stay that close. Like, it's kind of hard to not move. Oh, yeah. Like, obviously, you can just not push a button at all, but that doesn't feel good. And, like, you feel encouraged by every system in the game to keep moving as fast as you can. Yeah. So the idea of just, like, stopping and watching an egg, <laughs> and then, like, the actual amount of information you get from that, which is next to nothing, doesn't feel, like, worth just waiting around. And it's it's especially frustrating because when I unlocked this Nitopian collection, which requires that I not just beat the whole game, but beat what essentially is DLC... Uh, <laughs> like, I was really like, oh, well, maybe now I can actually understand this system. But the information it provides me is not only, uh, like, incomplete, but is downright inaccurate in a lot of cases. <laughs> All it does is confuse me. I had no idea these Nitopians had, like, a happiness meter. Like, yeah. I don't know. Do I want more Mepians? It, like, do I, like... So in some stages, I have not, like, I have, in Splash Garden, I have nine Nitopians and zero Mepians. Is nine the max total I can have, or can I get more, and do I want to convert them to Mepians? Is there something, like, what is my goal? Do I even have a goal? I don't there understand no anything goal. about this. I mean, you can make, a, like, a King Nitopian, but, like, it's it's very bare bones and not explained. It's just... Not explained, you say. It is... Listen... <laughs> <laughs> I'll say it. I said it once. I'll say it again. It is just proto chow. Yeah. But like, do, okay. So when you say something like that, it like bewilders me because to me these concepts feel like in direct opposition to each other. Because the chow mean everything in Sonic Adventure chow? and Sonic Adventure yes. Two, especially. They're chow? proto. They don't mean that much because they were just testing the waters. And once they made chow, they became progressively, you know, more integrated, more fleshed out like between this then Sonic Adventure then Sonic Adventure 2. Chow give you well, immediate feedback. Like yeah, like you instantly they... know the thing that you did has an effect. Yeah, on because it. they improved the system and put it like with a more interactable yeah, character. Well, well, that's that's the thing is that like to me, I guess like they feel like completely different systems. Yes. Because the Chow are all about like like as I said, direct immediate feedback and they are in a very closed specific environment and like you are raising them whereas in this case it feels like it's just flavor. I definitely, yeah, it, well, it, I definitely see the bridge between Nitopians and Chow because there is that component of like there are ways to interact with them that affects their mood, their appearance, they, their behavior, their like level of maturity, etc. And that right. is well, present thing... in Chow. And I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of the code is just exactly the same. I'm pretty sure it is. Like it's just the A life system. The yeah. thing that I see, like, directly translating to Chow better, though, is, like, the virtual pet system that, like, Tamagotchi and Digimon are based on. Mm -hmm. I mean, sure, but... Like, I feel like you guys aren't taking me serious when I talk about this. No, 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 no. I, I it, agree with you. Like, I... Yeah, I Isaiah agrees with you 100%. Like, this is Sega. I mean, they, Sega didn't work on Tamagotchi or Digimon. <laughs> but it's, it's absolutely wild to me that a system this esoteric with... Changes that are not... I, I don't think you have to change that much to get Chow 
even though Chow feel like they are the polar opposite in terms of the way you, like, interact with and understand them. Like, I... I understand if the bit is that, like, oh, they took this and, like, changed it, but the... Like, it seems weird to me. There feels like there is a complete missing middle step here. Yeah. You're looking for the missing link in this evolution from Nitopians to Chow. Yeah, like, they're, they are so, like, completely different that it seems more like... Like, I don't know, like, someone else got a hold of the idea and was like, this is kind of <laughs> cool, but, like, let's fix it, you know? Like, let's change it completely and make it, like, the important part of the game well, instead of the least important aspect And I of think, the game. I think it, there probably was, like, a... Okay, so, Nitopians are cool, but what if we made them like important and, and learned because I think Knights versus Sonic Adventure there is a huge shift in understanding of like feedback and conveyance between those two well, games well and it's super weird because the gameplay in Sonic Adventure is the like wacky all over the place <laughs> thing whereas the gameplay in Knights is like the really focused like specific yeah. design choices <laughs> can I just say one more thing about Nightopian Collection because it actually boggles my <laughs> mind I think there's thousands of things you could say about Nitopian Collection. <laughs> so so you can scroll through, like, each stage you can see, you know, Stick Candy, and I've got 19 Nitopians and Zero Mepians, etc., right? But if, if you, you select that stage to scroll through, you can, like, highlight each individual Nitopian and see their mood. But if you hit the A button, it will just make that Nitopian, like, larger, like, closer to the camera. But then there's yeah. nothing else, like like you've selected that Nitopian, but you can't do yeah. anything once you've selected the Nitopian. I so wish what you does could this do? It. Like what what does selecting <laughs> it do? What's the purpose of implementing a select function? It's weird because like you get like it sometimes you'll say it has a net a nepian, but like you can't you just see you just see what look like Nitopian, so you can't rotate to see if there's like a feature that you're missing. Yeah. Like a tail or something. Yeah. Every time I think that maybe I've seen everything in this game that I can fail to comprehend. Like every time I think that maybe I understand the developer made a wacky decision and that's the last wacky decision they've made. They it's do like something green. like they do something like let me select a Nitopian and n like for no reason, genuinely no reason. There's it's, no. So it's a dream. Do, do they have? You're not supposed to understand it. You just see it. Do they have stats? No. Uh, if they do, I sure as hell can't see them. <laughs> they have okay. happiness and probably age, and that's it. Because the thing that was always coolest about the Chow to me was like the growth thing, where like yeah. they, if you make them like running type. They, like, grow into a certain thing as a child, and then if they go to adult, and, like, you get a second chance to, like, modify that even further. Like, I guess that's the stuff that, to me, makes them seem completely divorced from, like, Nitopians. Because, really, the only line that I can draw in my head that's, like, direct is the giving animals to them, and then those body parts showing up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But even then, like, with the chow, this is a very different system, you know? You like, know what? you can give think... one chow, like, eight animals, and that shit all immediately happens. I think there's probably a component of, like, because cause Nitopians, you can get them to breed. I don't know how, though. Uh, <laughs> and if you do, their animal traits are, uh, one of their animal traits is selected from each uh, yeah. and are combined into one thing. 
And so I yeah, think like probably, probably there's a lot of overlap in the breeding system between Nitopians and Chow. There's like a concept of DNA there, but like... That's, like, I guess to me that always felt like one of the, like... What's the best way to put it? Like, one of the simplest things about the Chow. Yeah. The most, As opposed like, to, like, all of the thing. other... Yeah, like, the stats are the thing that are super interesting to me. And then, like, the, the putting them into competition and, like, feeling close to them. Like, naming them is important, obviously. You know what, to me, is the most interesting thing about Chow? And I say this, like, as a programmer. Is the way their stats and age influence their appearance in a really nuanced way. Yeah, like, over time... Like, like replacing you... animal parts, like... I don't know how to do that because I'm not like that good of a programmer, but I like I grasp it conceptually. Well, and like all the Chow are the same model, like in terms of body, right? Yeah. But like once you so, get into the like like literally the model shape changes like progressively depending on like which type they are, and also with like a magnifier that is their age stat, but then also a spectrum between two stats and a different spectrum between two different stats. It, it, like, feels to me like the difference between pin the tail on a donkey and being a master sculptor. Yeah. It, so, like, I... I want to make it clear. Like, I get that the, this system in some capacities inspired the Chow, but to me, it, it... Like, this is clearly not, like, the beta... It's not even the alpha, you know. It's the it's the the proof of concept. <laughs> yeah, at the most. Like I don't even this doesn't even prove anything to me. Because if someone had told me about this, I would not want more out of it, you know? Yeah. It would be like if you showed me rock, paper, scissors, and I was supposed to want Pokemon. Technically there are type type advantages in rock, paper, scissors. Exactly. Like there's one key mechanic that like is reflected <laughs> in the future game, but it's just they feel, it really feels like there should be another thing in between, which for Pokemon was like the RPG genre or whatever, but you know, obviously there's even more steps before that, but like, <laughs> that was an exaggeration. But like, I, I don't want to like, sound like I don't understand that like, the same team obviously had both these ideas and they're not completely separate. It's just, it really feels like there was something behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. that I would be interested in, like, seeing how they molded that idea over time. I would love to see, like, a documentary about the making of knights. Well, and the, the A-life and... system, as they call it. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, uh, now that I've shouted about Nitopians enough. <laughs> so, now we're gonna talk about a slightly different topic recently there was a game announced that's sort of a spiritual successor to knights and it's being directed by yuji naka i believe so yes yeah so yuji naka if you aren't aware is very important to sonic's history and he's also or was at one point a member of sonic team he's not anymore right right he's it would, he it would be after weird sonic was, 06 given that this game is being published by square enix well what? I mean, he's been working I mean, on Square Enix for a while, I think. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know a lot about Sonic's development history. Actually, it's okay. Sonic honest. is friends with Cloud. Is Well, interesting. Okay. But, yeah. So, the, this game, uh, which is called Balan Wonderland. Wonderworld. Wonderworld. Balan Wonderworld. Or Balan? It, it was announced, like, this year. So, we're going to watch a trailer about it. 
and uh, see what we think of it as new fans of the Knights. Yeah, we're totally fans of Knights. All right, so I guess let's all hit play real quick and then. Just Wait, are we gonna give live commentary? Give our commentary after the fact, or? Um, you know, if if we do a live commentary, I feel like I have to leave in a bunch of dead air. How long is the trailer? Uh, it's two and a half minutes. I think we should give oh, commentary okay. after the fact. Yeah, yeah, we'll just watch it in its entirety. Okay. So real quick, I'm uh, everyone go like ah ah. ah. Okay, so that'll look really weird, and I'll know where it's at when I go to edit this. Either that or I'll leave it in, because it's kind of funny. Okay. Uh, so we're going to watch this, and we'll be back with you in a moment. Yeah. All right. <laughs> that was a very defeated all right. Yeah, you sound disenchanted. In a most enchanted world. So it really hurts me that my first thought is the Balan Man is... Ballyhoo from Mario Party? No. Is <laughs> the Balan Man is the most Tumblr horny character design I've ever seen. Um, like, you know, he's it's the kind of character he, that Tumblr's gonna get extremely horny for. Well, he's Dream like, Onceler. Yeah, he's Dream Onceler. He looks to me like color inverted Chucky Finster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but Tumblr horny. I, I don't know, man. I don't even... I, All grown first, up. First, I really want to shout it out. Dude, when it winked at me, I was like, oh. <laughs> I feel really offended that they aren't nearly as cool looking as knights. Yeah. <laughs> I do I do actually think they look pretty cool, to be honest. I think they look fine, but they don't, they don't have this, like, mystifying, like, eye-catching combination of simplicity and complexity like the simplistic palette with like the the super ornate design mm -hmm. but like the the like thin so the ornate design is like all around these like thin features like the limbs and the torso yeah and then like knight's head is very simple so you're like drawn to different parts of it and it's like hard for your brain to keep track of the ornate parts but the general shape is like like always uh what do you call it like recognizable yeah and with like Clown locks, McTop hat. I'm not as <laughs> I'm not as feeling it. Yeah, we don't really have any proper nouns. I don't know like what. I don't know anything about this individual other than they're probably a good character. They're they're a heroic figure, but it seems you mean like, like a positive. Yeah, Top Hat McGee. Their only function in in the narrative, as far as I'm aware, is just that they are the gatekeeper. Uh, to a world in which you must enable yourself to do shit. <laughs> well, and also, I don't know if you got this vibe, but like, all the bad guys looked a lot like Kingdom Hearts designs to me, but oh like, without God. the, like, connecting. So, like, every Kingdom Hearts group has, like, a connective design thread. I totally feel that. This feels like if you took all of those, put them in a blender, removed the, like, trademark symbols, and then slapped them <laughs> in, like, a banjo kazooie ass game counterpoint one of them's a fire hydrant well, well that's not like a, a character i think that was just a background element it was just a no it was a, it was a fire hydrant do you mean like the outfit no like like uh go to like a minute 50 and like pause because it's only on there for like a very small amount of time there's a there's an enemy there's like a boss ish character who is an evil fire hydrant Oh, the dragon thing. I didn't even see the, the fire hydrant. Yeah. 
But also, are you telling me that you don't ever think that, like, a possessed fire hydrant would be a heartless? Because you're full of shit. Oh, no. I, I, like, we had we had possessed cartoon cars in Kingdom Hearts 2. So, like... Exactly. <laughs> it's totally within the range of, of believability. But, like, honestly, this seems... And, like, maybe it was the Square Enix logo at the beginning that's, like, tainting my perspective. <laughs> but these do feel more like Kingdom Hearts designs than Knights designs to me. I mean, I think... Because um, I think my impression of the game is it's going to be a more traditional, like, 3D platformer. Which yeah. I think my my Knights-inspired game, the image that conjures to me is that the gameplay will be similar to Knights. Yeah, like, this high-flying, like, freeform like not very rigid gameplay that yeah. like rewards like poise over anything else. And I think I think maybe cuz cuz that very obviously will not be the case. So I think maybe the idea of it being like a knight's spiritual successor is maybe a flawed selling point because it sets up expectations that just like the game isn't really trying to be knight's 3. Well, some... Okay, so I will say that if you go to about uh, a minute and ten seconds in, you see some gameplay segments which feel at the very least inspired by Knights. Um, and I feel like if more of this trailer showed us, like, you know, like, high-flying action where yep. you're, like, having to maneuver this, like, fast-moving object through, like, a world of, like, somewhat forgiving hitboxes... You know, for lack of a, of a like, yeah. chanting term, but you know what I mean. Like, the general idea of where to go is very clear, mm -hmm. and like, you know, you just have to perfect maneuvering around that. That would seem more in in key, and some of the game looks like it'll be like that, but it I... also seems like. Oh, go ahead. So here, I mean, where I think the knight's inspiration lies, uh, is the fact that this will be about like characters who travel to a world of like symbolic importance rather than literal like logic yeah they're not like the chosen ones as much. yeah like they're ordin ordinary people uh in a world in which rather than things having any sort of internal consistency uh everything they see represents something that is important yeah them. yeah uh and so it's it's very much like that that like abstract surreal vibe but i think it's a bit more it's a bit more concrete than dreams because this is i think this is a world of like uh like, pure like will like emotional vulnerability i think is the vibe that i get from it yeah because there's like that lady that bad touches people and they turn into monsters or whatever yeah uh, also, I will say, like, of all of the things in this trailer, if you go to about, like, a minute and, like, 25 seconds in... Yeah. The, like... I don't know. They feel feminine to me. I, I don't know. They might be in, implied to be androgynous as well. But, like, that character design is, like, the closest thing to something from Knights. And I think I, I agree wish, with that. Like, a lot more of the things that we're seeing here, like at least paid homage to that because we don't even have like weird like alien ass cone head looking dudes floating around and like <laughs> I, while I kind of I feel like well, a lot of the boss designs do kind of harken back to some of that knights like it, you you don't want it to look so close that it looks like a rip off for sure yeah and I, like I I'm kind of getting like I've okay so I haven't played Billy Hatcher but I'm kind of getting Billy Hatcher vibes from a lot of this oh, like this is totally. very uh this is very like golden age Sonic team right here 
Yeah. I will say... Um, <laughs> Counterpoint, is Billy Hatcher really the golden age of Sonic Team? It's like well, it's the tail in, end of the golden age. It's in the golden age. It doesn't like... It's not why it's the golden age. It's just there <laughs> as well. Yeah. It's like but back when the name meant something. The yeah. boss at 144 has the like... How do I, I want to like articulate what Knight's designs are to me, and I think it's yeah. peculiar faces that don't like that feel just beyond uncanny. Like yeah. it's it's like the the facial design is like kind of recognizable, but also this abstract dreamlike thing. Mm -hmm. And I think that the boss at or I assume they're the boss, but like they make an appearance at like one forty three. Yeah. Um, they have like a perfect face for this. They have like an almost like jack o' lantern y type face, and like there's quite a bit of colors going on around their face. And then like the further out you get from the face, the simpler the color schemes get. Like that kind of thing. Yeah. Feels very nice. So it does. It. I'm not saying like none of the designs look like that, but. And, and you know what? Maybe these designs look more like the random odds and ends enemies that you find in levels. Like you'll find two mm. or three in each level. But those aren't what sticked out about Nice to me. Yeah. But I, I will say that the worlds that we see in this trailer have that dreamlike um, aesthetic to them. But it does seem like they went for like a more... Uh, what's the word I want to look for? Like, I guess, like, abstract architecture mm -hmm. vibe. And I think that's a really interesting interpretation of Knights because there is one level, Soft Museum, that feels like this to me. Yeah. yeah. And I think that if this whole game is soft museum, that's not a bad thing. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with that. I will say also, the soundtrack gives me Knight's vibe. Oh, yes. Yeah, actually, yeah. Very true. Especially and like the, the first bit of the trailer when when we really only have a couple of instruments and one of them is this very like like shimmery sounding strings. I'm like, this is a textbook Knight's sound. Yeah, and it does have, like, the pomp and circumstance of the dream yeah. world of Knights. And that I like. And I I do like the grace of uh, Clown Locks McToffat. Clown but Locks. I feel like yeah. I feel like they animate way too fast. They feel more like... like well, and I feel like a part of it Pixar is... pixar almost? This is a very fast-paced trailer, so I wouldn't be surprised... Like, if it was just, if it was animated in that way for the purposes of this trailer, and, like, maybe that... we'll see more, uh, we'll see more media that maybe, like, changes the pace of that animation a little bit. I, well, they would have to slow it down by, like, 50% or more, like, or rather, they'd have to make it half as fast, or, yeah. like, even slower for it to look even close to, like the type of acrobatics that you end up seeing in Knights that look so unique. And I get that they can't just, like, copy and paste that, oh, of course, obviously. Yeah. But there's a big difference between, like, the high-flying, mysterious moon jester and, like, a carny. What, what's interesting <laughs> is that Knights really feels like uh, they're just kind of, like, in space. Like, yeah. it, it, Knights feels like they are floating and they're not in complete control over how they're floating but they're not like they're, they're relaxed enough that they don't care about like they're not worried yeah you know? they seem so comfortable with like just moving around freely that like it's almost less flying and more like you said floating like yeah like like drifting like a controlled drift right yeah it, Whereas, it's really neat 
the animations that I'm seeing of this Bellan character is it's more like they have very precise control over their movements, which which is sort and, of the the exact inverse of knights. Yeah, and they have the Kagebun Shindo Jutsu. The the Shadow Clone Jutsu. <laughs> they do have the Shadow Clone Jutsu. You're right. <laughs> That part got me, because, like, <laughs> I don't know, like, that's a neat idea. Like, if that's the bit they're going for the character, and, like, yeah. that's how they're going to differentiate it from knights, like, hell yeah, you know, <laughs> that that would be neat. But I I feel like, I don't even know, I feel like I'm not even supposed to think that that character is, like, the knights, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, they feel just as much like they could be a bad guy, I guess. They seem like such a confusing figure. Yeah. So I'm interested to see, like... Because other things in the game are, like, clearly positioned to remind you of knights. Like, there being a, like, young boy and young girl, mm-hmm. like, entering this world that is not their own and, like, finding things out about themselves. And also... And well, other people, thing apparently. Well, yeah, like, it seems like they're saving people from, like, bad feelings. Yeah. You know? Like, but the... So the one of the weird things was that at one point there's, like an indentation on an object and a kid raises up like a giant heart and like places it in the object and it just made me think like about Kingdom Hearts even though that specific <laughs> thing doesn't ever happen in Kingdom Hearts. It did also make me think of Kingdom Hearts. Right? Like it like it's weird that like I don't know. I'm definitely tainted because I played way more Kingdom Hearts than Knights. <laughs> but <laughs> That's true, feels, yeah. It feels like certain things are just really like Kingdom Heartsy about this. Well, it is Square Enix. Yes, and also at one point they said something about like opening your heart. They mentioned the heart like yeah. at least a couple times, and it made it difficult for me. Who who put to put Tetsuya Nomura and Yuji Nak on the same room? <laughs> they just made that room very dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> Although, like, no matter what, I would say this is interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I am very curious about it. Like, I'm I'm very much like... Because I feel like this trailer showed so many things, but so rapidly that I still don't know anything about the game. Like, it looks a lot just like a collectathon 3D platformer, which is a dead genre, in my opinion. Yeah. Like, I have not been... People said a lot of good things about A Hat in Time, was it, I think? Yeah. And, like, I'm not against the idea of playing 3D platformers again. But I am fairly disenchanted with the concept at this point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's saying a lot because, like, like Charlie and I both loved these games as kids. Like, a lot. Like, we both like Donkey Kong 64. And, like, a lot of people would consider that, like, yeah, not a great game, you know. I and still <laughs> haven't touched Hat in Time, and I haven't really played much of Ukulele since I first did. Yeah, like, I bought Ukulele right away, and then... I played through the first level, and, like, it was fun, but I have not gone back. Yeah, like, exactly. I played through the first level and then just didn't play the next one. Yeah, and it's, like, it wasn't because the game was bad. It's just I don't think that that set of mechanics on their own is gripping enough anymore. Well, something interesting is that, like, something I feel in 3D platforms, especially in Banjo and Donkey Kong, is that, like, all right, I just beat this first level, and holy crap, I have to do that to a new level that I have to learn. Yeah, like, it's it's like learning a new environment, and that's not, like, always the funnest thing. Yeah, even with, like, DK64, which is a game that I've basically memorized at this point. Yeah. It's, it's like, 
the games have to maintain your attention by, like, constantly throwing compelling things at you. Uh-huh. And, like, I think that I've I've mentioned a couple of times, I don't know if I've done it on the show or not, but I think I've mentioned it in conversation with uh, Isaiah and maybe you, Charlie, that I feel like Ubisoft's games and, like, in some capacity, the infamous games are, like, the modern interpretation of the collectathon genre. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where, like, you've got this big open 3D space to explore, and, like, sometimes it's more open and sometimes it's less open. Uh, but, like, you have a bunch of these tasks to do, and individually they seem fairly meaningless, but, like, the more you do, the more they add to some, like, greater goal, usually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, like, a lot of them are optional, and as you complete more of them, you get more abilities and stuff. But, like, they feel more modern because you've got things, like, a lot more fast travel options, and your abilities are, like, more extreme and like for Assassin's Creed obviously you've got like a lot of violence and for like Infamous there's violence but there's also like the superpowers angle and there's like a lot of pomp and circumstance and like flashy stuff happening all the time and I feel like ukulele sort of lacks that and it also lacks like the more complex combat mechanics that you find in those kinds of games or like you know the Batman games as well like the Arkham games are like a more expanded idea of 3D platformers and it seems... It's oh, go ahead. interesting to think about, like, open-world, not-quite-RPGs as the, like, natural evolution from, like, 3D platformer collectathons. Yeah. Do you, do you like, feel what I mean, though? Yeah, like, I, I totally agree with you. Especially okay, cool. especially when you bring up, like, Infamous or a lot of Assassin's Creed games. Because it's just, like, replace, like, uh, the, like, a, a Jinko piece with a mission... And it's pretty much identical. I don't remember what they're called. You you mixed up like so. There are (laughs) jiggies, which are puzzle pieces. There are jinjos, which are like little (laughs) goblin guys, and like the the sound from coins. Like (laughs) you slapped it all together. Just replace it's like Jinko piece. Well, because like so, uh, Infamous has uh, like those blast core shards. things. The yeah, blast shards, and then it also has like missions, uh, which are just nodes that you travel to, and then I guess it has territory to to capture or whatever. Yeah, you know, and it's a it's just a bunch of like things to collect, but sometimes replace the word collect with like do or achieve yeah like you have like a micro tasks yeah and like these games always have more complex combat systems than like banjo or donkey kong ever had yeah and like that's because at that point that you know that just having such a big space with so many things in it was impressive but at this point it's not the number of things but like how compelling each task is yeah like, and, and how like fun they can be while like, still being obviously repetitive to, like, cut down on how many new things you have to design in the game. Mm-hmm. And, like, I think that th- there are, like, clear signs that we found better ways to handle that. And then we come back to like, ukulele, and there are obviously, like, a few more mechanics than you had in something like Banjo-Kazooie. But it's, other than that, it's more just, like, a prettier version of those games. And getting from place to place is less engaging than it is in something like Infamous, where you have all these mobility yeah. abilities that you can do. And, like, you know, you can ride on, like, 
lightning rails and stuff. And like when you're playing um, <laughs> Second Son, you can like run up walls, just straight up walls, or like you can turn into smoke and like shoot all the way to the top of the building. Like there's all kinds of cool things you can do to get around. Whereas like ukulele, and it seems like. Uh, sorry, let me finish my thought. It, like, ukulele, you are mostly just, like, holding the stick where you want to go. And, like, yeah. you can go faster, but it's not so much faster that, like, it becomes sort of, like, a task to control that in and of itself, which makes getting from point A to point B a little more interesting. Yeah. But, like, in this, in Balan Wonderland, Wonderworld, it, it's, it feels like Wonderland flows off the tongue better. Yeah. Yeah. You're not the first person I've talked to that says that said that. So, Batland Wonderworld, it seems like you're going to get all of these different abilities that will do, like, interesting things. These things seem genuinely interesting. Like, one of the things was that you had, like, hands that you could shoot off. And, like, I like that as an idea. It seems like they might make combat, like, a little more engaging depending on which ability you're using. Mm -hmm. And some of them gave you, like, mobility options. Like, there was one where it looked like they were ice skating. And there was another where it seemed like you turned into some kind of, like, aquatic animal. And you were jumping through, like, floating water balls. And that seemed cool. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it was, like a suit ability but they were riding on like a roller coaster and like you had to move around that and like hop through hoops that seemed like reminiscent of the nights and the thing that I'm worried about is if those like movement sections are going to be like really canned and it won't be as much about getting from place to place quickly but just from like doing this thing up in the sky and then going back on the ground and like walking to another spot and like that's what the mobility powers are and then like the combat powers are like solve this area and then don't mess with that combat ability again yeah like i'm worried that they're going to be like a little too context sensitive which is a problem that i think donkey kong 64 suffers from well and it's more okay in that game obviously because like it was older so you and... know what's really interesting is the last 3d collectathon platformer game i got into uh was super mario odyssey um and that game has tons of context-sensitive abilities, right? Um, mm -hmm. but, I, but I think its core platforming was engaging enough. Like, the way that you can just sort of manipulate, uh, like, Cappy to do funky platform stuff. Yeah, like, you can jump very high in that game. Yeah, and, and you can travel huge gaps if you know exactly how to manipulate Cappy. Yeah. Um, and, like... Like, I enjoyed that game so much that I completed it 100%. You know? Uh, and so yeah. I, I think it's okay to have context-sensitive stuff as long as the, like, the meat is also there. For uh, sure. And, like, obviously Infamous and the Arkham games also have their context-sensitive things. Of course, yeah. But, like you said, the, like, the little, like, here and there mechanics are so serviceable that you don't feel bad just, like climbing up a building or like yeah. gliding from one place to another and i think that like those things are also very present in odyssey like climbing buildings is fun and and the other thing too is that the context sensitive abilities are so commonplace like they're so casually placed everywhere because they're just the enemies that like yeah. you can just be like all right well i'm just going to be a bullet bill for a little bit and then i'm going to hop out and then i'm going to be a hammer bro and then i'm going to be a stack of goombas you know and all yeah. of that is very seamless. And, like, the other thing about Odyssey that I like a lot is that even if you're just walking, it's pretty fast. Yeah. I and agree with I that. And I think that, like, 
older older 3D platformers have this big issue with like making you move slow usually. Mm-hmm. And like later on they give you a fast walking ability, like you get <laughs> to stand on Kazooie's legs in Banjo yeah. and you move a little bit faster. But like in in some ways it's kind of a scope issue because I know yeah. like a lot of games are like, look at how big our environment is. But if you trans if you if you travel through a big environment quickly, then it's basically the same as traveling through a small environment like at the proportionally the same speed, right? Yeah, except that you can have more nodes yeah. to do things at in, in the bigger environment. And I think that's like what I think those older games sort of fail to handle well. And and what I like about Odyssey is that it feels big, but the reality is that it's dense. Yeah, totally. Like, there's always something going on. And if you're, like, partway done th for a world, there's only one instance where I think this isn't the case, and that's, like, the desert level. But we're not here to talk a ton about that game. <laughs> but I think, in general, it does a really good job of, like, placing nodes all over the place. And it's really fun to get to them. And if you've already done a lot of them, and you've got, you find out there's one, like, smack in the middle of the level, it's, like... 30 seconds to get there max. Yeah, and and Whereas, if it takes longer, you can just teleport to somewhere where it's closer. Exactly. And, like, in Banjo-Kazooie, if you want to get to the middle of a level, first of all, like, a lot of the time there are, like, puzzles that you have to solve, even if you've already solved them. Oh. Like, or I don't know if I would call them puzzles, but there's, like, tasks you need to accomplish, like, platforming-wise. It's not like you have to push a block to get a door open exactly, but it's like you have to fly to this place and like hit this thing to open this door. And that door might stay open, but a lot of the time to get to that door, you'll have to do a different platforming challenge anyway, and you always have to do the other, to do that other platforming challenge. So getting from entry to a level to like middle point in the level where you have a task to do can take like a minute and a half. Hmm. And I, I've never felt that way in Infamous. I've never felt that way in Odyssey. And I did feel that way in Ukulele. Like, I kind of felt that, like, drag of getting from place to place that was making it difficult to play the game for extended periods of time. Okay. Because at this point in my life, I don't have that much time to play games. I feel like, like, games are increasingly putting focus on respecting the player's time. Yes. Uh, and a lot of games that especially are, like like old school style tend to just not a lot of them just don't learn how to respect the player's time because they're like well we want it to be accurate to the time period which also means having all the problems of the time period yeah it's i i don't know it's really weird but it seems like Balan wonderland wonder world <laughs> <laughs> like might do a, a good enough job of like giving you access to these movement powers that I yeah. might not be as bothered as I'm like worried I will be I, I guess it's like a benefit of a doubt situation for now yeah so real quick I guess let's ask are you excited for Valley and Wonderworld at this point yeah I'm I'm very I'm interested in it which I wouldn't have otherwise been like without seeing the trailer I think without seeing the trailer and also, like, having this discussion as well. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, like, this has made you more interested. Yeah, because I'm, I'm, like, looking at it more critically and trying to glean more information, and now I'm like, honestly, this might be something that I would be interested in. I think that the thing that's most exciting about this game to me is the prospect of, like, dreamlike visuals. Yeah. Because some of the level movement that they showed in those trailers 
like while we've you know we've had like the Mario Galaxies and stuff like that where you see a level like shifting around you in real time and it's like more 3D than you know like a flat space that you happen to be able to hop in like, yeah like they actually make use of like spheres and stuff like that more it it seems like this might be even more visually compelling than like something I've seen like that before okay so it's entirely possible that moving around in this environment is going to be fun just because I get to see different things and if that's the case, I probably won't mind being a little slow if if that worry comes true. And I so I would just say that I'm super curious to see how they handle their level design. Yeah, same based here. around like the surreal aspects of it. Because I I I want it to go even more surreal than it looks like it is right now. Because it it seems like it's not quite there as compared to Knights, but maybe a part of that is just that Knights is so confusing in general but also like it's exactly like low poly enough that i imagine it to be more abstract than it was intended to be yeah i and like the draw distance makes it feel dreamlike somehow <laughs> yeah i it's very possible with nights my imagination is doing a lot of the heavy lifting uh which works for the game whether that was intended or not I will say that like one of my bigger issues with Knights is that I don't find it as visually compelling as like I think this game has a chance to be. Yeah. yeah. Because I think in theory the Knights is super neat. Like I said, I love the character Knights. Mm -hmm. And that's why the idea of like a, a spiritual successor was like neat to me initially because I thought there were going to be more character designs like this and they were going to be doing things in like wild worlds that were more I guess fully realized for like what the the creators like wanted to see and it looks like i might not be getting those character designs i don't know the bad guy character like the lady that has like the evil tendrils seems like they might be able to like bring that to the table but i definitely think that the surreal worlds look like i mean it's square enix so like they have the budget to hand this yeah and i'm really excited about that so <laughs> yeah i would say i'm excited about this game all right well, we're gonna Christmas have to thumb nights. what? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, Christmas up, nights. Yeah, <laughs> thumbs up, thumbs down, Christmas nights. Uh, uh, thumbs down. Thumbs up, new Christmas tradition. <laughs> Fuck it. <laughs> you know what? I respect that. I'm like so enchanted by the Christmas tree that you put ornaments on. Listen, honestly, <laughs> it would be a thumbs up. If the music wasn't Christmas music. And that's like a very petty reason for me. But it so like single-handedly like destroyed my my joy for for like for seeing the way the, the game is like reskinned and a lot of effort has been put in just because I hate Christmas music. <laughs> I think you know what? I think I'm unfortunately going to go with a thumbs down. Because I I do doubt that I'll be playing either iteration of this game again. Yeah. And I I was like enchanted by the tree real quick, but then I I didn't like <laughs> I didn't even finish the level when I when I got like a couple tracks in. See, even I beat the game. I I'm like so over the the nice gameplay. I was so actually sad when. Uh, I was playing as the other character in Christmas Nights, and it was the same boss. I was yeah, like, hold on, like even, real rough. even in 
the regular game, all of the bosses are different. Like, I know this like, is just one of the characters' first boss. Why not include the other characters' first boss? It's like the second worst boss, too. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, I'm not trying to roast it. Like, it looks really cool. Yeah. But that just is not nearly enough to keep my attention for even, like, the, you know, five or six minutes that it takes to beat the level. <laughs> oh, man. What a wild ride Knights is. You can find got... us on Twitter at NoSpin-Zone. That's true, and you can send your emails to NoSpin-Zone at gmail.com. Tell us what you think about Battleland Wonderworld and Nights and Christmas itself. Yeah. Tell us and about Christmas. Tell I think, as you mentioned last time, tell us about a dream. Yeah, yeah, tell us about a dream. Tell us about a Christmas-themed dream. I, I'm in the, the rare minority of people who is very interested to hear about other people's dreams. <laughs> it is like truly a point of contention other people telling you about their dreams it is i have to be like in the right mindset for it and i think that's the problem is people are like i was having this dream and i'm like cool shit i'm worried about someone else right now but like if i'm like tell me about your dream and you do i'll be like hell yeah Charlie, uh, where, what where are you on twitter yeah you can find me on twitter at isaiah games that's i-s-i-a-h games that's an interesting handle for someone named charlie <laughs> oh my bad <laughs> uh, follow me at charlie's horse where something will happen probably um, but for right now we're, you'll see us next time when we tackle the supposedly bad sequel yeah Nights we're gonna go on a journey of dreams with you yeah that's the one at night at, at night, night. Yeah. All right. several nights uh, good night and yeah. Good, good nights. Bach night. Sweet sweet dreams. Bach night. Bach night. Bach you later. The 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 moon is in your hand. <laughs>